Look at that. One of the things that you'll notice is that a lot of those pictures are of youth, right? Youth and children. And that's because the Lord has made it very evident that that is one of the things that He wants to focus on in this church. That isn't some kind of scheme that we've come up with. That is simply the Lord moving and us responding and opening ourselves up to Him. I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but when I stood up and said something about junior church, I mean, I think half the audience left us. I mean, if this continues, we're going to have to let them stay and we're going to have to go somewhere else because they're going to outgrow us. Again, this is not something that we planned. You know, if you go back to the beginning of 2023, some of you uh, are aware of this, some of you may not, but we have a parsonage, which is, is, is a home that the church owns. And when my family and I first moved here in 2003, it was such a blessing because, um, I mean, just to be frank, the salary that this church paid was not enough to live and provide for a home. And we didn't already have a home. So to have a home... Uh, for us to live in was such a blessing. But we reached a time and a place where we wanted to have our own place because uh, I'm going to reach a time when I'm of an age, if God doesn't move me on, I'm not going to be able to continue. I'm going to need a place to live, right? So we started praying for that and God provided for that. And it was so good because at that time, Marcus and Janae uh, were serving here as youth pastors. And guess what? They needed a place and they didn't have the funds and so it was such a blessing for their family for years to live in but then guess what they reached a point where they really needed and desired their own place and God provided a way and so there we were with this parsonage and we're like what do we do with this and we really had no idea what to do with it and so we start thinking about well let's sell it you know let's get the money and we'll start doing other things but we really didn't sense God moving in that and so we're just kind of like God we don't know what to do. Well, one of the things that we never thought of, never thought of, is that we would offer it to a children's pastor because we don't have the money to pay a children's pastor. What person is going to come and work as a children's pastor when we don't have money to pay them? But as one of the leaders was just in a time of prayer and seeking the Lord, he was just reminded that we have someone who's a full-time children's pastor who's very connected with our church, very connected with Sesser, and what if God wanted to move them back here? And so we got in touch with them. And as you know, Rachel Marlowe is now the children's pastor here. She's living in that home. And what a blessing it is. You know, and before that, we, we weren't really seeing this, but God was setting the stage for it because God was growing our children's ministry. Um, Sunday nights. Sunday nights is, is when we focus on children, and that's grade school, okay? And, and that was already growing, and, and we really couldn't handle it. We didn't know what to do with it. We needed someone who could take us to the next level, but God already had it all mapped out. But it was a matter of us being open and, and, and really asking the Lord and looking for His direction. So, in this coming year, we're going to face new challenges. What are they? I, I don't even know yet because we oftentimes don't know until they happen. But as they do, what we want to do is we want to look for where is the Lord blessing? Where is the Lord placing favor? Where is the Lord opening doors and what's he want to do specifically with this church because you know this church is is a part of a bigger family which is the church and this church is part of other churches that are in this town 
But you know what? There are distinct things that God wants to do in each church. Places that he really blesses and, 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 and places favor upon. I mean, again, in the children and youth, he's really blessed us with that. That's not what we planned. It's just what he's done. And it really is filling a void uh, in this community. And there are many others that are needed. We, we connect with other churches to use their resources. I mean, for instance, one of the things that we tried here was a celebrate recovery and we, we just we just couldn't really get it to take off but right now there's one out at Hazeldale do we want to support that absolutely because we're all in this together so as we move forward we want to look at what God's doing but as we do that there are some things that we want to protect ourselves from we want to remember who we are about we want to remember what our focus is about and so as we talk about that I want to go to a scripture that's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 1 Corinthians chapter 3 because this is a great example um, of a church that started to get off track and this letter that Paul wrote to them he really addresses how they're getting off track and then he really points them to what they need to be focused on and so it's a great reminder for us today so he's this is a letter that we're reading it was a letter that Paul just wrote out he didn't have chapter and verse or all that he just wrote out a letter and he's sending it to a, a group of people that are in a town called Corinth. And these people are believers. They have a church. They're following Jesus. But, like every church, like every person, the enemy's after them. He's trying to redirect them, get them off course. And, and here's the thing. Many times we don't even realize it. As God is, or as the enemy is redirecting us and getting us off on a course, we don't even realize it. We think we're doing something good. We think we're walking with the Lord. And that's exactly what was happening in this church. But when you start to look at the fruit, oftentimes you can tell there's something going on here that's not good. And the fruit that was happening here that was not good was division. That's what was happening. But how did they get there? They didn't set out to be divisive. Let's read about this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. So here's what he's saying. These are people that are supposed to be following Jesus, but the problem is they're following their flesh. Okay, every one of us, if you've accepted Jesus, the Spirit of God is in you. But it is a daily, moment-by-moment -moment battle where you're going to follow, the Spirit or the flesh. Because my flesh is always telling me stuff. Like, it never stops. It always thinks about Kirk <laughs> constantly and whatever my fleshly desires are, and it wants to fulfill them. And quite frankly, it doesn't care about you. It doesn't care how it affects you. It doesn't care, you know, about your needs and desires. That, that's, it's all, and it's always there. But then there's the Spirit. And the Spirit cares about the things of God. And the Spirit loves you. And the Spirit wants to use me to be a blessing to God and to you. And so there's this constant war that's going on. And we've got to battle that. But part of the way we do that is together. And so that's what, why Paul is addressing it with them. Verse 2 says, I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready. For you are still controlled by your sinful nature. 
You're jealous of one another. You quarrel with one another. Doesn't that prove you're controlled by your sinful nature? So that's what I'm talking about, the fruit. Look at the fruit that was happening. There was this jealousy and this division stirring up. And so he's saying, hey, look at that. That shows that you're in your sinful nature and that you're living like people of the world. When one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, and another says, I'm a follower of Apollos, aren't you acting just like people of the world? Now, why is that acting like people of the world? Well, let's read a little further, and then I want to talk about that. He says, after all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters works together with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers and you are God's field. You are God's building. We are God's building. Um, scripture talks about how we are the temple of God. If you don't know what the temple of God is, the temple was in the Old Testament, it was an actual physical structure, and in that physical structure, the presence of God dwelt. That structure has been destroyed. It is no longer. But Scripture talks about the fact that we are a physical, uh, we, we are a, a spiritual um, place where God dwells. And so each of us are like a living stone. If you've accepted Christ, you're like a living stone that's in this building. But here's the thing. A building made up of stones has to all be connected. And the very thing that the enemy wants to do is to constantly separate us. So how does he do that? Well, he gets us to think about, think like the world does and think through our flesh. How does the world think? How does our flesh think? Well, the way that we think in the flesh and in the world is we always want to elevate ourselves above others around us. We always want to stand out. We always want to find a way. So, so how do you stand out? Well, you key, the way that they were doing it is they were keying in on certain leaders. And they were saying, this, this person is the one that we want to follow. Again, why are they doing it? Because they simply want to separate. You need to know that. Your flesh wants to separate from others and look better than others. It's just a fact. Okay? It's the way your flesh is. There is no person that does not battle with that. And so when we recognize it, we can fight it. But when we think, oh no, I'm just a good person. No, your flesh is not. Okay. Now God has created you in His image. And if you surrender to Him, He places a new heart in you. And you're able to follow that spirit. But that flesh is always there. And that flesh always wants to separate you. And so I, in my flesh, am constantly looking for ways to make myself look good. To make myself, you know, look better than the others around me so that others will give me a little clap and say, now, and by the way, it's good to give encouragement. I need encouragement, okay? I need encouragement from you. But, but I want you to hear this, what my flesh wants to key in on that. Um, when we're fighting in the spiritual, we need encouragement. But what was happening here was they were looking for ways 
to separate themselves. So we want to battle that. We don't want to separate ourselves. We want to work together. And we want to play the role that God has for us. We want to ask God, what do you want me to be doing? Um, maybe it's in front of others, and, and maybe it's not. But i got to tell you this, if it's in front of others, God really needs to prepare you for that. Because it's not easy. When people give you attention, it, it kind of gets your flesh going. And you've really got to be careful with that. And so God may even have you for a time in the background because he wants to protect you um, until you're really ready for that. So that's one of the things that God's going to do. Now, as we talk about this temple that we are, how do we build that? Well, I want to look into what he says about this and talk more about that. Because he says in verse 9 that you are God's building. Verse 10 says this, Because of God's grace to me, I've laid a foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have. Jesus Christ. So everything is to be based upon Him. It's all about Him. If we're ever doing something that doesn't point back to Him, we are headed in the wrong way. He is always to be the, the cornerstone of everything that we build upon. Verse 12 says, Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials. Gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. So here's the deal. We are a building. Now it's talking about the greater church. The greater church is a building as well. But we as a church are a building. Not, we're not the building. Us, the people. We are a building. And so what we're doing is we're building something up. What's that talking about? Well, here's, here's what we were instructed to do by Jesus before He left. He said to us, go and make disciples. That's what He's called all of us to do, is to make disciples. So in everything that we do in this church, our goal is to make disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is someone who follows Jesus, okay? Someone who follows Jesus. Now, the only way that we can make disciples is if we are in fact following Jesus as well. There are many shortcuts that you can take that will be burned up at the end of time. Things that won't last. For instance, if we just tell people, oh, you just need to believe. You know, just believe that Jesus died for you and then you're good. Just go do whatever you want. No. You need to believe in Jesus. That's absolutely right. But to believe in Jesus means to trust Him. To trust Him means to follow Him. If you, in fact, are not following Him, you, in fact, do not believe Him. You know, for instance, maybe you've never taken that step. Maybe you say, you know, I believe in Jesus, but you've never taken that step to be baptized. 
Well, you know what? That's the first thing he asks of us. I'm sorry, but that is the fruit that shows you, in fact, are not actually following him. And I say that to say he wants you to follow him today. And today's the day that you can turn that around. But that's one of the first steps that you take. Now, after that, is there any fruit in your life? Are you serving anywhere? If you're not, then that points to the fact that something needs to change. You're not actually walking out the discipleship. And so therefore, how can you make a disciple of anybody else? Because most of us can spot a phony, right? I mean, someone who's saying, you need to do this, this, and this, but yet they're not doing it? Who buys that? We're not going to buy that. All that produces is people who say, oh yes, you know, I believe in Jesus, or, or, but, but, but their life really doesn't show it. What's going to happen? It's going to be burned up. So, what are we to do with it? Well, first of all, we are to be people that pursues the Lord. Um, and it, it, I've talked about it before. It's, it's not easy. It's a battle. We, we need one another. None of us are going to do it perfectly. If you have someone around you who's pretending that they're doing it perfectly, you know right off the bat, they, they are a phony. That is just not true. Um, I, I fall on a regular basis, but... but the, the thing is, is I'm not going to be satisfied with that because I know that God is able to transform me. I know that he's able to do something within me. So I'm going to keep getting back up and I'm going to look for ways not to continue in the same old patterns that the enemy has been sucking me into. And I'm going to be open about that with you. Not all of you, because it depends on how much I can trust you. OK, but if you're someone I can trust, I'm going to be open be, because I, I don't want to pretend. Pretending is so exhausting. Is it not? To try and pretend like you got it all together when you don't. That is such hogwash. That is not what the Lord is looking for. So what we're looking for is we are looking to be a disciple first of all, but then we are looking to make disciples by inviting people in to walking the path that we're walking. That's how we build on what God is doing. Uh, it's not through fancy programs. It's not through putting out slick, you know, telemarketing or, or whatever it is. It's through walking it out and inviting others in. But what was happening in this church was this. It's not what they were doing. They started off on the right track, but then they started thinking through the flesh. And they started thinking through ways to elevate themselves. And because of that, they weren't really able to disciple others. What they were inviting others into was not real discipleship. And we see so much of that in the church today. People lifting up people. People lifting up certain things. I mean, when you look at Scripture... Although God's a mystery, there are so many things in Scripture that honestly are not that hard to understand. But we sit around and, and we come up with a hundred different viewpoints on something so basic. Why do we do that? Because we want to separate ourselves. That is it. Why do we have a different opinion on almost everything in the Word? Because we want to separate ourselves. I want you to hear that. We are to separate from the world, okay? We are not to think like the world, not to walk like the world, but we are, we are not to look to, for ways to separate ourselves from one another. Instead, we are to look to ways to join together and to keep walking forward. Now, it goes in after this, in verse 18, um, nope, 16. He says, Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God? 
And the Spirit of God lives in you. That's what we've been talking about. We as the people, we're the temple. The Spirit lives in us. God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Now when it says that it's holy, it's saying it's sacred. It's saying that it's, it's set apart. So um, we want to be careful that, that we are not causing division over things that, that, that don't matter. We want to do what God, uh, we want to focus on what God is focused on, which is building disciples. Verse 18 says, stop deceiving yourselves. If you think you are wise by this world's standards, you need to become a fool to be truly wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. As the scriptures say, He traps the wise in the snare of their own cleverness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise. He knows they are worthless. So, don't boast about following a particular human leader. For everything belongs to you, whether Paul or Apollos or Peter, or the world or life or death, or the present and the future. Everything belongs to you, and you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. So the way that they were getting off track is they were lifting up and boasting about a particular leader. Oh, I follow this one. Why are they doing that? To separate. Are you with me or are you not? Because this is the group that, that I'm in. That's what they were doing. And what he says about this is that's how the world thinks. Because again, the world is all about separating themselves. And why do we do it? We, we do it to get hand claps. We, we want people to be impressed with us. But the thing is, it, it, it's, it, and it, it never fulfills. And it's so wrong. You know, I, I, I can think about, you know, being younger and there were things I looked at that impressed me. And I thought, you know, if I could do that or obtain that, then everybody around me would be impressed with me because I was impressed with that. You know, for instance, right now, I've shared before, I had always dreamed of, you know, having a farm, okay? And, um, you know, if you are into farming or anything, you probably have, you know, like a particular brand of tractor you like. Well, I grew up on John Deere, you know, that was the thing. It was always my dream to own something that was, that was John Deere. And I, you know, I would look at people who had those things and I'd be like, oh, that's impressive. And so I thought that once I obtained some of those things, you would all be secretly impressed with me. And you would be constantly thinking about how impressed you are with the fact that I have a farm with a John Deere tractor and, you know, uh, all the other things that are on it. But you know what I've found? Like, you people don't even care. Like, you just don't even think about it. You're all just thinking about yourselves. Why do I point that out? Because we all get sucked into it, all of it. You know, down to the vehicle we drive, the home we live in, the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with, the club that we're in, the sport that we play. I mean, for real, it sounds silly, but this is the stuff that drives our flesh. And the enemy wants to bring it into the church. Oh, what church are you part of? Oh, what do you guys focus on? You know, all that stuff. Listen. All of it distracts from the very thing that we're called to do, which is to build disciples. What does that look like for us right now? I don't know exactly, but, but I want to share with you some, some gaps that we have. And part of it depends on what God is putting in your heart. But part of the gaps we have right now that I'm finding is prayer ministry. 
That was something for uh, many years that we were really grounded in. Uh, for those of you who've been with us a while, Chris Stubblefield led that ministry, and, and he knocked it out of the park. I mean, he had so much going on. We had, And it's not just about things going on, but there's just so much that he led. I, I mean, prayer service. Um, our leaders would get together and pray every month. He had uh, an intercessory prayer room where someone's praying as, as we're here worshiping. Um, he was constantly putting lists together to pray over different groups while they're doing different things. You know, like when a team goes on a mission trip or something like that, or even, you know, our basketball, football team, whatever. I mean, he, he, he organized so much prayer um, that, you know, when they moved away, we're like, huh. There's a big gap to fill here, and we've tried part of it, but honestly, um, we we just don't we don't have the grace to carry it all. So that's one of the places where uh, I'm really looking for Lord. Is there someone that you want to raise up? Is there some ones that you want to raise up to really step into some of that? Uh, another thing is is men's ministry. We had another person that was leading that, and we were fairly active in that. And that's one of the things that's kind of mm, it's just kind of fallen by the wayside, not completely, but, but a lot of it has. So it's another place where we're looking for people to, to step up. Women's ministry has been going a little bit, but there's so much more. Um, one of the burdens that, that Nikki has on her heart is just marriages, you know, feeding into marriages, strengthening marriages, and so on. So what's that look like? I don't know, because I don't, I don't, I don't want to get ahead of God. I want to look, because if he's leading something, he's going to start stirring people up. But I want I want you to know this. Um, even if you haven't accepted Christ yet, if you're here, God's calling you to accept him. And God's calling you to accept him because he, he, he loves you and he just he wants to be in a relationship with you. But I also want you to know this. He wants to use you. He doesn't need you. He can do, he can do whatever he wants without you. But, but he wants to honor you and love you by using you. And so he's got a place for you, okay? He's got a place for you in the church. And if he's leading you here, he's got a place for you in this church. If you're not currently filling a role here, God's got something for you. And, and I just want you to know that that, that if, you, if you don't step into it, God's going to continue the church on, yes. But if you step into it, you can be a blessing to others. There, there's a place for you. God's put you here for a purpose. There's something He wants to do with you. So the question is, what is that? Uh, and when you step into that, what you find is the fulfillment you're looking for. Um, if you're trying to you know, stay back and stay in control of your life and not get too many demands on you... I just want you to know you're missing out on so much fulfillment that God wants to give you. So as we move forward in this coming year, um, I want you to be open to what God wants to do in you. Father, thank you. Uh